And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 56. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. I did that little pointing thing where, like, as if they could see me saying, like, oh, I'm Rebecca (laughs) and you're Lily. But that's what happens when you get us recording in the morning. Yep, pretty well, I'm much. Sipping on my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Nice. Sponsor us. Sponsor us, Dunkin' Donuts. Do you drink coffee at all or no? I don't. It makes me nauseous. Yeah. Uh, the only yeah, coffee, something about the taste of it, I guess. Yeah, it's like I mean, I feel like you have to acquire a taste for it. But the only coffee I'll drink, which I feel like is like count, kind of counterproductive, is I only drink decaf because if I drink caffeinated, my hand starts to shake, I get mm-hmm. headaches, and my heart starts to thump really hard. Like, one day, Mike went to go get me coffee, and he didn't realize that it was, like, such a big deal for me to have decaf, and I guess they were out, so he was like, oh, I'll just get her regular. Didn't tell me. And as soon as I started (laughs) drinking it, I was like, Mike, I was like, is this regular coffee? And he was like, yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. And I'm like, hold on. I mean, it's crazy, because I could feel it right away, and immediately, I started getting the worst headache. My hands started literally shaking, and my heart was, like, thumping, so I can't even drink those, um, like, Monsters, or, like, uh, any of those energy drinks. I can't drink, I can drink Bang, if it's, like, in little dosage, like, in little dosages. I could drink Mm -hmm. Uptime, which I really like, because that doesn't give me jitters at all, but, like, some of those energy drinks I have to be careful with, because the caffeine, like, I will literally be bouncing off the walls. It's, like, a high. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, I can do energy drinks. I can't do coffee. Just it makes me nauseous and it's not good. But energy drinks are good. Do you drink tea? I do. I do like tea. Yeah. It, it, I, I feel don't like know. People it's... are either coffee or tea people. I'm it's a tea like, lady. I'm a coffee lady. So if you guys <laughs> see that in any of our who's who on Instagram, oh. um, maybe you guys have the answer to that question now. Ooh, those are so fun. I love doing those. I love doing like the I love typing out the ones that are yours because you have the most random fucking facts about your life that I find <laughs> so intriguing that I they like most of the answers end up being Lily, spoiler alert, because I just find her stuff so cool. I'm like, my family's not that interesting. So I just put up like all of Lily's family facts out there for everyone to see. <laughs> That's me. All right. So ready to get started? Yes. All right, Lily, what's your first encounter story? My first story is called Spooky Experience That Happened a Few Years Ago. Friend Claims He Saw Me When He Didn't. So this was a few years ago. We were 12 or 13 at the time. It was a Sunday afternoon, and we were out playing football at a local football pitch. Luckily for us, it was empty, and we could play play undisturbed. There were six of us. Uh, we had been there for a few hours and gotten bored of playing football. So we have, so we decided to have some fun and play hide and seek as the area had plenty of good hiding spots. Two would seek, four would hide. After a few rounds of hide and seek, two guys, let's call them N and C, were sinking. I mean, sinking, seeking. All right, Lily, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Me and another guy called S were hiding in a bush. After about 10 minutes of nothing, we finally see N and C approach the area we're hiding in. There were around five large bushes in this area, one of which we were in. They started to individually check the bushes, but me and S decided to stay put as we could be seen escaping. When N, when th- We then heard N say, found you, uh, 
found you, my name. Uh, but there was silence after that, and N saying, and N saying to C, what the fuck? Did you see that? Obviously confused, they continued to search, and then, and then they found me and S for real. When N saw me, he was visibly distressed. He then described, uh, what he then described creeped us all the fuck out. He said that he saw me standing in the bush with my back turned. He said I was wearing a blue Adidas hoodie. I wasn't. I was wearing a white Nike one. When he shouted, found you, I turned around. He said my eyes were yellow, spookily yellow, with one small slit for a pupil, like the eyes of a zombie. Apparently, I gave him a death stare for a few good seconds before heading off into the back into the bush. C was a few yards away and looking in the opposite direction. He didn't see me, but he did hear the leaves fluttering when I went off into the bushes. After we were found, we started to get serious about what that thing was. I wrote it off as a hallucination, but they weren't so convinced. N has had no symptoms of mental disorder in his life and doesn't have any pre-existing medical conditions. C was quite shook as well. While we were discussing it, a loud bang went off in the general direction of the bush. We all fucking sprinted. We were all fucking scared now and and we hit the road. Meeting back up, we discussed what had just happened before we all headed home. Some guy postulated that the explosion killed an alternate version of me that was my ghost. Bit far-fetched, but I definitely made but it definitely made me feel uneasy. We never returned to the that place for weeks. We went back several times since the incident. Um, and it was incident-free. However, that day still puzzled us, and doesn't like speaking about it. What do you make out of it? A demon? A multiverse slip? I would like to hear what you guys think. The end. So, Rebecca, uh-huh. what do you think? I think it's, like, a mix of possibly, like, a glitch with maybe a different, like, universe being shown on our universe like a little slip in the matrix and Uh some doppelganger doppelganger yeah that's that's what i was thinking i was sensing some doppelganger shit going on especially because like if they were wearing the same thing it could be a glitch in the matrix Mm -hmm. but it's like a completely different outfit and they had what they said it was like yellow slits or something yeah yellow eyes with little slits for pupils oh that sound kind of sounds like reptilian right yeah. So maybe it's like a parallel universe where everyone is actually a reptile. Ooh, I love it. Wow, I got the short end of the stick when I was put on this earth. Damn, and I want to be a reptile. <laughs> I'm going to switch places with my doppelganger reptile version of reptile me. Rebecca. Reptile Rebecca. See, fuck, I even have a cool name. To It's a little alliteration, all right? It's all, it's, the stars are aligned. I need to be a reptile, okay? So, you know what, maybe when I get reincarnated, I'll be a reptile, or I'll be sent to the reptile parallel universe. I like it. Whoever's listening up there, take notes. <laughs> okay, which one should I do? Because I was actually going to do one regarding the woods, but I'm going to leave that for a little later on. Okay. I have. I recently had an alarming, violent experience at a rural cemetery, and I've been having strange nightmares about it. Ooh. I can't really find a reasonable explanation for what happened last night. It was just strange and alarming experience. This all happened a few months ago. My friend had heard that the northern lights might be visible in our area and asked if I wanted to go for a drive out into the country to see if we 
could catch a glimpse. So we headed out after dark and drove for a while, putting the city behind us and winding out into the countryside, all while scanning the skies, just searching for a good vantage point where the stars and lights might be visible. But several hours passed, and with nothing to show for our efforts, we started to give up on seeing the lights altogether. As we discussed what to do next at that point, my friend noted that we were close to her hometown and reminded me that she had been wanting to visit the local cemetery to find the graves of some of her distant relatives. She had been recently searching her genealogy. It was a clear, warm night, and we were both pretty disappointed that we hadn't seen the lights. We both wanted to make the trip worthwhile, so we agreed to swing by the cemetery. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> what <laughs> could possibly go wrong? We pulled into the dirt road adjacent to the cemetery and walked around until we found the right graves. She took some photos and we decided to just wander around for a little while. My friend was leading the way using the flashlight on her phone to light the path and to ensure that we didn't accidentally step on any graves. I had been feeling increasingly anxious since we arrived, which struck me as just a bit odd. I have done several cemeteries seriation projects as an archaeologist and don't normally feel nervous in cemeteries even at night. In fact, I usually find that cemeteries are pretty peaceful and calming, but I felt really strange in that particular graveyard and found myself frequently spinning around because I felt like someone was just standing behind me. Still, I chalked it up to general anxiety and tried not to dwell on it. One of the problems was with having an anxiety disorder is that it's sometimes hard to tell when your nervousness is justified. Even in retrospect, I don't know if my anxiety was just in my head or if it was related to what would happen next. After wandering for a while, we realized that it was approaching 1 a.m. and we should probably get back home. We turned back and headed toward the car. My friend's car was in sight and she was just a few yards ahead of me when it happened. I suddenly got a wave of that nervous feeling again and thought that I heard someone running up behind me. I started to turn my head to look back when I felt something collide with my back, the initial impact hitting me right between my shoulder blades. There was a substantial weight behind it as if someone had actually hurtled into me. The impact was so forceful that I was thrown forward and fell flat on my face, and as I scrambled to get back up, I felt the weight pressing into my shoulders again and was shoved back down. I then glanced up to see my friend running toward me. She had also heard someone running up to us and had heard my initial fall and had turned just in time to see me being pushed back down. She would later tell me that she had seen my sweatshirt flattening against my back and shifting as if someone had been pressing their hands against my shoulders. She grabbed my arm to pull me up just as the weight disappeared and we bolted to the car, jumping in and instinctively locking the doors. She wasted no time and started the engine and then hastily peeled out of the driveway. As soon as we hit the main road, we just sped away from there as quickly as possible. We drove for several minutes without saying a word. I think we were both stunned and, more than anything, confused. She finally glanced at me and said, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite know how to answer that. I told her that someone had shoved me to the ground and she said, I know, I saw, but what was that? There was nothing there. We tried to come up with a rational explanation, but none of them made any sense. Had someone ambushed me and then bolted? Definitely not. We would have both seen them. Had I tripped? No, I had definitely felt something pushing me, and my friend had seen me being shoved back down. Had it been the wind? Not possible. There hadn't been so much as a light breeze that night. If there had been some freak gust of wind, it would have hit my friend too. Perhaps an animal attacked me? But that didn't seem possible either. There were no local animals large enough, strong enough, and stealthy enough to topple a full-grown human without being seen. I had been in full view of my friend, illuminated by her flashlight during the second fall, and the weight had remained at my shoulders even as she was coming up right behind me. She should have been able to see whatever had been pushing me. If nothing else, an animal would have cast visible shadows beneath the glare of her flashlight. But there was nothing. We just couldn't explain it. Whatever had pushed me twice 
it hadn't been visible to us. As the adrenaline faded, I noticed something else. My back hurt. Right between my shoulder blades, right where I felt the impact, I could feel a sort of stinging, prickly sensation. It felt like my back, despite being covered by my sweatshirt, had somehow been brushed with stinging needles. I mentioned this to my friend, and she insisted on pulling over to the side of the road to look at my back. She switched the hood light on in the car, pulled the collar of my hoodie down to look. I heard her mutter, what the fuck? She took a photo of my back and showed it to me. The skin between my shoulder blades was reddened, with several little blisters had started to appear. In the days that followed, the blisters would later swell up and pop. It was as if I had somehow gotten a sunburn or a really bad chemical burn. There weren't any scratches or cuts. There were no open wounds, no blood. It was a relatively subtle mark, but it was still clearly there, and it baffled us. We certainly couldn't figure out how I had gotten burned. I hadn't rubbed up against anything, hadn't touched my back, I'd been wearing my hoodie all night, and there were no tears or marks in the fabric. And the burn hurt. It continued to sting for several days. Oh, and they also posted a photo, um, which I'll post on our Instagram. Follow us at Just Cooly Things Podcast. Anyway, I couldn't sleep that night. My back hurt, and every time I started to drift off, I'd suddenly begin to fear that someone was standing over my shoulder, and I'd startle awake. I couldn't really understand what had happened at the cemetery, but it truly rattled me. I don't exactly know where I stand on the issue of paranormal phenomena, to be honest. And as an anthropologist, I'm trained to keep an open mind, but I still have to rely on deeply academic and often empirical perspective. Still, I know that something truly bizarre and frightening happened that night, and my inability to explain it to account for every strange little detail has been deeply disturbing. It's also been especially difficult to grapple with this because I also have PTSD from a previous assault and there is something profoundly unsettling about the fact that in this instant there is nothing I could have done to defend myself and with no clear explanation for it there is no way for me to prevent something like this from happening again I cannot cope with a fear that I cannot even begin to understand it has also begun to affect my dreams I've had several odd nightmares since the incident in the cemetery dreams that are oddly similar to the nightmares that I'd had for years when I was growing up I don't know where they came from, but for as long as I can remember, I've had dreams in which a creature is attempting to lure me in one way or another, and in the dreams, I usually understand this creature to be a devil or a demon. Simply put, sometimes evil. Something dangerous, like the entity in the graveyard, difficult to understand. These dreams have become suddenly relevant again, as I seem to have nearly that have them nearly every time I fall asleep these days. I know that due to the trauma, hopefully not due to anything more sinister, these dreams and the experience in the graveyard are somehow linked. Sometimes the menacing creature in my dreams takes the form of an old woman. I had one dream when I was about 13 years old in which I was wandering through a forest. I came across a little cottage with this old woman standing by the porch. She beckoned me inside, and I acquiesced. We spent some time casually talking about baking cookies, but I felt uneasy around her and got the sense that she wanted something from me. We stayed only in the kitchen throughout the dream, but I can recall glancing at the doorways to other rooms and seeing nothing but shadowy edges. I thought that perhaps I could try to leave, but couldn't remember how to find my way out. At one point, we sat at the kitchen table. I glanced out the window and noticed a group of people standing in the yard calling out to the old woman. I asked who these people were, and she told me, they want me to take them in, but I don't want them. I want you. In other dreams, it had a more sinister appearance, but I always recognize it as the same creature. I sometimes have dreams in which it is sitting in the dark at my bedside, whispering to me. It has a shadowy appearance with long, lanky limbs and empty eye sockets. Its teeth are made of razor wire, and there's something like blood or wine gleaming on its lips. In those dreams, I can hear it whispering, but I can't understand what it's saying. Sometimes I have the dreams of the same creature sitting in a chair in the corner of my room, eating what seems to be a rotten apple. I have long suspected that this creature is a some manifestation of my deepest and most troubling fears. 
I know these are just dreams, but I mention it because those dreams have subsided into my early 20s, but the incident at the cemetery rattled me so much that they've returned. It seems to have shaken my understanding of the world around me, opening the floodgates to my own inner demons. In these new dreams, that creature is standing upright behind me at the cemetery. Time seems to be slowing down. I could sense my friend frozen ahead of me, and the creature is whispering at my back. I don't really know why my mind is conflating that dream creature with my encounter at the cemetery, but the fear has increasingly kept me up at night. I have no idea what the fuck happened that night. My friend believes it was a ghost, but I just don't know. I've never personally experienced anything like this, and I really don't know what to do. Thanks for reading. Wow. It just seems like there's just a lot going on in this person's life. Yeah, I was about to say this person's life has been, like, taken over. Right? And it seems like whatever trauma she had when she was younger, once this experience happened, it was like a trigger again. And, like, it kind of reset everything that had happened to her. Absolutely. So the cemetery experience was real, but these dreams and nightmares, its there definitely has to be some sort of connection. I think so. I, I think that... Whenever something, I mean, I've suffered from night terrors before. And when you're in a high stress situation with, like when I was working on, when I was graduating high school, they got really bad. Um, like towards like the home stretch of the end of senior year yeah. and everything. And like my grandpa was sick and everything. They were really bad then. Um, I've, you know, they come whenever you get really stressed in life. And I think that kind of letting your guard down allow you know or being so rattled by something traumatic like what happened at the cemetery can really carry that stress over into when you're most vulnerable which is when you're asleep definitely a thousand percent agree and that's just like scientific fact i mean that's just you know so what but it, it really intrigues me is what was this thing in the graveyard then an angry ghost just someone that did not want them there i guess yeah that's i mean that's when you were reading it i was trying to figure out what i thought it was and that's in my imagination that makes sense to me yeah and i'm looking at the picture now of the burn that she got after Mm -hmm. um it's not anything gross or anything um but i definitely will be posting the picture just so you guys can see it's clearly not scratch marks or anything it literally looks like it kind of looks like in the shape of an M in a weird way. Um, that mm-hmm. could just be my eyes playing tricks on me. But it just looks like it looks like an allergic reaction to something. It really yeah. does. So I don't know. Allergic to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lily, what's your next story? My next story is called, let me see. I forgot to close my other story, so I almost read the same story twice. <laughs> A woman in my house warned me my friend could be in danger. So I had already gotten used to the feeling of being watched, but this day it was just different. It was more powerful this time. I could feel a woman at the end of the hall, a woman I had kind of felt the presence of before and who always stood in the same spot just outside of the door of my room. But this day, the only thing I could even see or think uh, when I got closer to the door was her. She had rotted gray hair that, with the way she hunched, was hunched over, covered her face. She wore a tattered, heavy lace dress. Uh, unlike some of the other experiences I've had with these feelings, she gave off a different vibe. She had a vibe unlike even the shadow stalker thing that was in my last post. It was psychopathic. And now I was home alone. It was dark outside, and the light was off in the hall. 
I thought at first I was just punching my punching myself, <laughs> psyching myself out. Sorry, guys, I can't read today. I was just just punching myself. myself out. Oh God, I just told myself that it was nothing and that I needed to turn the light on and I'd see there's nothing there. Then I could go to the bathroom as I needed to and just go to bed, but I couldn't shake the feeling. After a few minutes passed, I found myself staring at my phone screen, my thumb hovering over the call button. I wasn't calling my mom, though, as I usually did. I never even thought about that. I was calling my best friend. Eventually, I pressed the button and told her what was happening. She tried to calm me down, but nothing worked. I couldn't even get close to the door at that point. After a while, she convinced me to go to my other friend's house, who lived a couple of blocks away. I agreed and ran out of my room with my eyes closed tight. I couldn't open them. I couldn't see something in the house, or I'd never be able to make myself feel safe again. I got out to the street and started running toward my friend's house, only to find that every street light surrounding the one directly across the street from my house was broken for a long way down. It was pitch black dark outside, and I couldn't get myself to leave the to leave the light of the street lamp. I remember collapsing on the corner, crying. I was just so done being afraid. No. Oh. It took almost half an hour for my friend to calm me down. The darkness outside forced me back into the house, and the woman was gone again. My friend and I talked until my parents finally got home, and she lifted me back up. Uh, shout out to her, by the way. I love her. Okay. Anyways, we figured out later that around the same time I called her, a man was shot 14 times in her neighborhood. She told me she woke up to police in her neighborhood and that they were keeping it out of the news. Before writing this, I looked it up again, and the shot, and then then she says the shooter's name, but I'm not going to say the shooter's name. Um, I have a lot of other similar stories, but this one is the one that leaves the biggest mark. It's usually this story that makes people stop believing me, but I swear it's true. Does anyone at least have a theory on what happened? Question mark. The end. Huh. It seems like so. Basically, this ghost. She believes that this ghost came to warn her that something bad was about to happen. And yeah. that's her making sense of this, you know, ghost's appearance. Yeah, that's why I think she's, like, sensitive to that. Because no one else was feeling what she was feeling. And I I can only, I can't even imagine how she felt of that feeling of defeat. And feeling like there was absolutely nothing she could do about what was ever happening around her. Yeah. And the fact that none of the other streetlights were working felt like such a horror movie scenario. Oh, uh, Yeah. That's, like, the typical, like, everything is going wrong. But that friend is a real MVP. That's what I got out of that story. Yeah. That's a good friend. That Be that friend. friend. Be that friend. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I'll do... Okay, this one. It's a short one, but it's titled, I Went to Auschwitz. So we had talked about... Um, I believe we talked about another concentration camp story earlier in um, our series of the Quarantine Spooky Story Special. Yeah. Um, and we've said, like, I mean, these concentration camps, like, you can't not expect there to be some sort of energy there. So yeah. I went to Auschwitz recently, and I expected it to be a chilling and to unsettle me. However, I wasn't prepared for going. Walking around the site was unsettling, but nothing too extreme. However, when we visited the gas chambers, I felt like someone was standing right behind my shoulder, just staring at the scratch marks on the walls with me and in complete grief. After that, while while walking down the barbed wire fences, I had the awful feeling of being trapped and herded down the pathway. I then went on to have dreams for about a week about standing and staring up at the fences, just waiting. Not nightmares, but definitely strange. 
Like I was just waiting for the end, just looking at the sky, waiting to be free. That's powerful. That's why, I mean, I, and we've talked about this before, too. Like, I, we don't want to go to the concentration camps and be like, selfie, you know? But, like, yeah. just to pay your respects and to just see how crazy history is and to remind ourselves of, like, how thankful we are for, you know, the life that we lead. Even yeah. when times get really shitty, you know, you have to reflect and be like, oh, my gosh, like, this genocide that happened, you know, how many years ago now? What was it, like 70? 60, 60? 50? Yeah. Um, I can only imagine I'm trying to think. Feeling. It was like, it was around World War II, so like 60, 70 years ago. Yeah, which is crazy to even think that that was that long ago and there's still survivors from it. Um, but yeah, um, just going there, I feel like it has to leave some sort of impact and this, the fact that this person had dreams. Um Kind of like he was taking the form of someone that maybe was there. Maybe the yeah. spirit wanted him to kind of reflect and kind of feel what this person experienced in their final days in Auschwitz. Wanting to be free. Absolutely. So, yeah. Auschwitz doesn't have to necessarily... I mean, obviously, it's a scary place because of the history behind it. But it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that there has to be, like, mean, negative, vengeful energy. It's yeah. just there's it people just been... that want you to understand yeah so that history doesn't repeat itself wow that's that was a powerful one right we're really changing the world with this podcast rebecca one boothang at a time (laughs) okay my next story is called door to another dimension Ooh, i like this right in 2011 the house i still live in was shown on a tv series in norway about haunting and ghosts I have experienced a lot of weird stuff in the house, but this is probably the most bizarre thing that has happened. One night, I would say at around midnight, me and my brother went to the kitchen. While we were on our way there, we walked past our small TV room where our parents usually fall asleep uh, watching TV on the weekends. We noticed that our parents weren't in the room nor in their bedrooms. Just to clarify, we were never in the small TV room, but we could see everything in it from where we were. Uh, We assumed that they had gone out to visit a friend for some drinks. The next day, we were curious where they had been and asked them. They said they had been watching TV all night and fell asleep on the sofas in the TV room. This didn't make any sense to me and my brother and neither of my parents. After a while, we contacted the TV show people and someone said that that dimensional doors are a thing. All this happened after the filmings, which made us pretty sure that there was something supernatural going on. I have experienced a lot in this house, but this tops it. There is no way that we didn't walk past the room they were sleeping in and didn't see them. And they never saw us. The end. What? That's so (laughs) weird. (laughs) I know, right? While they were filming, this happened? Or was this after? This was after. So, like, they had, like, this crew of people come into their house, Mm -hmm. you know, for being featured on a Norwegian TV show about ghosts. Filming is over, and then shit keeps on happening. They definitely, they definitely poked something. Yeah, Def- I think that they must have awoken something. De- for sure. Okay, so my next story, this is the one I was going to tell first, but then you did the wood story, so I'm going to do this one now. Okay. It's titled, My Mom's Voice Was Calling Me From The Woods, But She Was Home. So we've done a story similar to this one, mm-hmm. and every time I read this type of story, like I read this one, I was like, 
Oh, gives me the chills. Gives me the chills. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. My body is ready. <laughs> Yesterday, so this was actually, uh, it was February 15th, so this was posted a couple months ago. Okay. I was walking back home. Uh, this was during normal times. Um, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was walking back home after hanging out with some of my friends before anyone asks. I was completely sober and in my right mind. I've never been afraid to walk alone in the dark. I'm quite tall and intimidating looking from a distance, and I always bring a pocket knife when I know I'll be walking in the dark. Anyways, I was walking past some woods on the way back to my house, and I heard my mother's voice call, Gabriel, help, from inside the woods. I immediately recognized her voice and turned back into the woods. She kept calling my name over and over. I couldn't see anything. It was far too dark to see through the woods. Mom, I called back, heading towards the woods. She sounded like she, sounded like she was in trouble and was scared. I assumed that she had gone for a run, like she did every night, and somehow got lost in the woods. Then I realized... It couldn't be her. She had texted me only 10 minutes before, asking me to come home soon to watch my little sister so she could go on a run. I stopped dead in my tracks and called my mom, the voice in the woods still calling my name and getting more frantic by the second. She picked up and I immediately asked her if she was in the woods. She said, no, she was back home with my little sister. I swear to God, as soon as she said she was back home, her voice stopped calling my name from inside the woods. I was overcome with a wave of dread and fear that I had never felt before. Something in the woods was trying to lure me in using my mother's voice, and it knew my full name, not just my nickname, which made things even scarier because the only person that calls me Gabriel is my mom. <laughs> I immediately turned and ran faster than I have ever run before back home. When I got home, my legs felt like jello and my legs and my lungs burnt. I opened the door and there was my mom sitting on the couch with my little sister. I would think that it was some sort of prank, but my mom isn't one for pranks, and even if she was, there was no way she could have gotten home before me without me seeing her. My only question is, what was in the woods? Ooh, what was in the woods, though? Something was trying to lure them in and keep them there forever. Oh, gosh. So yeah, if I ever hear anyone that sounds familiar, I'm telling myself this now, even though I'm not going to listen to it, <laughs> I would just call the police. I'd be like, yeah, there's someone in the woods calling my name, but I don't know how safe it is, so I'm going to let you guys do it. You guys can figure out. I'd be like, sorry, social distancing. I'll yeah, call honestly, someone. social distancing is such a good excuse for a lot of paranormal things. Or, like, my friend, <laughs> <laughs> my friend was... um her upstairs neighbor was being really loud so she but she didn't want to deal with him so she wrote him a note and ex, and made the excuse social distancing she's like i would talk to you face to face about this but social distancing when in reality she just didn't want to deal with him that is an... <laughs> <laughs> that that is going to be everyone's excuse for like the next 100 years now sorry i social distancing you know yeah it used to be like making up like my hamster's in town oh sorry but now <laughs> it's like social distancing it's such social a good excuse now like people are saying they're like oh my god when the quarantine's lifted please invite me out everywhere i promise i'm gonna go i'm like yeah i can't relate i'm still probably gonna say i can't hang out sorry i'd rather sit at home and watch ghost adventures or ghost hunters or ghost nation sorry not yes. sorry all right lily what's your next story Okay, my next story is called Sassy the Ghost Cat. Ooh. I've had plenty of paranormal experiences in my 22 years of life. I've always believed in ghosts since I was very small, and my parents had ghost experiences long before I was born with photo evidence and plenty of stories. They were never really scary, as their ghosts were benevolent and just made themselves known. For some context to the experience I'm about to share, I have to get into who Sassy was. 
Sassy was the familiar pet of my boyfriend's uh, late grandmother, then passed down to his late aunt, who was watching her until he until he could take her. The way she passed is extremely upsetting, but without going into too much details, I'll say that my boyfriend's dad hates cats and refused to bring her into their home, so he left her in the home of his late mother and sister, then forgetting to feed her. She was found passed away by the empty stairs bathtub, an uh, empty upstairs bathtub. Oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> Uh, this was long before I even met my boyfriend, and as an avid animal lover, I felt a deep sadness knowing that she was feeling alone and abandoned. I didn't know this when I first encountered her, so to speak. I had just moved in with my boyfriend, and we came to visit his parents' house, I believe for a holiday or for our birthdays or something. I was sitting alone in the living room while he spoke to his mother in a different room when I heard a cat meow. It was clear as day and right beside me. I looked around, unable to find a source of where it had come from. The family has a basset hound, but no cats. Again, due to the fact that his father hates them. When I asked him about it, he mentioned that his grandmother and aunt had a cat that passed away in the house. I was later told about the way she passed away. This really upset me, and I wished I had been able to meet her. This was not my only encounter with her. Jump forward about two years. We've been together and decided to move into his parents' home with them to help out financially. We now have two kitties of our own and love them dearly. One day I was upstairs, which has been turned into our sort of apartment, uh, and I was chilling in bed with my two kitties sound asleep around me. My boyfriend had gone downstairs and was talking to his mother. I, then I started to hear meows. There were a few, and I meowed back a couple of times, confused as my cats were both sleeping. They weren't soft or distant. They sounded as though they were right outside our room. When he came back up, I asked if his mom had brought a cat home. He said, no, of course not. Why? I told him I heard a cat in the house that wasn't ours. I believe without a doubt that the, sort of the, meow, that the source of the meows are sassy. She has never made me feel scared or unsafe, and I don't have an issue with her being here. I just thought I'd share my experiences with her and tell people about her because she deserves to be known even in the afterlife. Aww. Thanks for reading. Do you have any ghostly pets you still visit? I'd love to hear about them. The uh, end. That's sweet. I know. Sassy. Rest in peace, Sassy. Actually, it's funny. A friend of mine in high school had a cat named Sassy. Yeah? Yeah. I just picture Sassy being like a white fluffy cat. Yeah. Like uh, like one of the Aristocats. Yes. Like Marie from Aristocats. Ladies don't start fights, but they sure can finish them. That's my English accent. That's okay. So, Marie Kitty is like my favorite Disney character ever. Like, mm -hmm. Aristocats, one of my favorite movies, you know, Cat Lady at Heart. When I went to Disney World for my 18th birthday, I said, because I never got, when I was younger, I never got to take a picture with Marie Kitty. I don't know if they just didn't have like the costume yet or mm -hmm. if she just wasn't around the park when I was there. But I was like, I need to get a picture for my 18th birthday. And sure enough, when we were there, Marie Kitty was there and I cried while hugging her <laughs> and took a picture. And it's like my favorite. I got like three pictures of me like running towards her and giving her a big hug. And it was like oh. the best picture ever. I was, oh my God, love her. I remember that picture that you took in the scooter, and you were like, we out here. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my mom's friend, like, literally needs the wheelchair because she's, like, overweight and, like, can't walk around the park. And I'm like, can you get up for a second? Like, I need to get a picture. <laughs> I'm going to hell. It's fine. Uh, she laughed about it. We all laughed about it. Um, <laughs> but yesterday, I got, um, speaking of dead cats, um, I got uh, my pendant, like, my little gold heart pendant that I'm going to put some of Pepper's ashes in. 
And oh my god, it, it looks so nice. And it comes like a little funnel thing because we got Pepper's Ashes last week. We got them the mm-hmm. day before my dad's birthday. So my dad was like, my dad was happy because he loved all the gifts, like, you know, the video that we did for him and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when we were doing our cheers during dinner, he was like, just on a more like somber note, I just want to say that I really miss Pepper. And like, you know, my dad's not an emotional person, but like you could tell he was like kind of bummed. This is like the first birthday without her. And, you know, but at least, you know, he has the ash. Like, we all have the ashes there, like this little box. And the way that the the way that the crematorium did it, they just did, like, a really nice display. They took a little paw print for her, um, which we already had a couple of paw prints from her in sand. Um, but, yeah, that was nice that they did that. And then now I have the little pendant, so I have to go over to my parents at some point this week and, like, do the little funneling into the thing. I'm just like, <laughs> I just, I don't, I feel like I'm the type of person that I'll get nervous and start shaking and the ashes are going to start falling over my hands. And I'm like, ah, pepper. <laughs> I feel so bad for laughing. I know. <laughs> it's all right. We laugh through pain. Um, and then last night I had a dream about her and it was like a dream that like she was around and like she was like fully happy and like fully healthy and no one could see her except me. And then... I guess, like, she's, like, walking around, like, my parents are, like, oh, but, like, back, she's gone. And I'm, like, no, she came back. Like, look, she's here. And they're, like, she's not here. And I'm, like, she's right in front of me. And, like, the cat's <laughs> just sitting there, like, I'm here. I don't know, like, what what you guys are fighting about, but I'm here. <laughs> and, yeah, then I woke up. So it's been nice. I've had a couple of dreams about her since everything. That's so sweet. So, I love that. Yeah. Definitely, she definitely is making herself known, which makes me happy. Oh, yay. Yay, pep. Good for her. Still making herself known, even in the afterlife. Okay. I love that. So, this story I'm going to read is titled, Just Moved In With My Dad and There's Something Bad Here. Help me, please. Oh. Then it says serious. So, guess it's serious. Um, I need some help. Me and my brother just moved into my dad's for a better opportunity in a new city. We have lived here for about four months now. Everything is great, but things are getting weird. I have seven siblings in my house. One night before we moved in, my dad's girlfriend's daughters decided to make a Ouija board. Bitch. Oh, great. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> they said not much happened other than a few letters, and my dad made them destroy our creation. Good for you, Dad. Their creation, not theirs. Uh, <clears throat> me and my brother don't believe in the paranormal too much, so we just laughed at it. But our viewpoints have changed since then. About two weeks ago, around 2 a.m., I was watching a movie in our downstairs living room. I was the only one awake when I heard some footsteps upstairs. I didn't think anything of it other than maybe it was my dad going out for a smoke, but I didn't hear the front door. So, curious, I stood up and walked towards the stairs. To get to the stairs, you have to pass a bar which has a mirror. When I walked past the bar, I looked into the mirror to see an eight- to nine-foot black figure behind me. I froze. When I froze, it walked into me and disappeared. I felt it. It was a weird feeling I can't explain. It was cold, but it was a different kind of cold. I told my dad about it in the morning, and he kind of just laughed it off. My brother didn't believe me much either. This is when it gets even weirder. One week ago, me and my brother were watching Pootie Pie in our room, which is next to the downstairs living room and our sister's room, and we heard some knocks every 10 minutes or so. It was around 2 a.m. again, but we weren't so worried because it, because we had four kittens and a cat. But our sister came into our room and told us to stop knocking because we had woken her up a few times and she didn't want us to wake up the cats. Right after she said this, our door slammed and all the lights downstairs started flickering. 
We were terrified. We locked ourselves in my room, including my sister, and turned on our phone flashlights. But immediately after our closets started opening, slowly, we have sliding closet doors. They stopped halfway, and maybe 30 seconds later, all of my brother's Legos fell from the top shelf. He had like 12 medium-sized setups there, and they all shattered. We all decided, oh, to, sleep. We all decided to sleep in my sister's room that night. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't get much sleep, though. We told my dad about it in the morning, and he was still skeptical. He thought we were pranking him, but he bought us some sage to burn in the room. This didn't help. Last night was the first night I've slept in my room since the incident, and I regret it. I was lying in bed, my brother was playing Rainbow Six upstairs, and I heard a giggle in the closet. Oh, hell no. My heart sank, and I went upstairs immediately and got my brother. He came down, and we investigated the closet. We found nothing, but he wanted to play more Rainbow. So we both went upstairs till he wanted to go to bed. We went to bed around 1 a.m., and everything was fine. We were a little creeped out about sleeping in our room again, but decided we probably should and went to bed. Sometime in the middle of the night, I would say around 4 a.m., I felt a very cold feeling on my foot. I woke up and went to reach for my glasses on my dresser, but they were gone. Nope, I'm pretty much blind without them. That's when the lights started flickering and the closet started opening slowly. I threw my pillow to wake up my brother, but it was like it hit a wall in the middle of the air and just dropped to the floor. The lights stopped flickering, the closet door stopped opening, and everything was extremely quiet. I felt something, though. I knew that I wasn't safe. The black figure emerged from the closet to the foot of my bed. He just stared at me. I was frozen. I couldn't speak, move, I could barely breathe. That's when my brother started sitting up slowly, making the same giggle noise I heard from the closet. He sat all the way up, and a few seconds went by before he turned his head, looked directly at me, and said something that I couldn't make out. It sounded alien, but it wasn't his voice either. Right after he did that, the black figure disappeared, the light turned on, and the closet door slammed shut. My brother woke up to the noise, and so did about everyone in the house. My brother tried talking to me, but I was so shaken to get a full sentence out. He got my parents, and they're going to get a priest in here tomorrow. I'll keep everyone updated but I need help. I feel like this is just the start to something very bad. Thank you for your time and any suggestions you may have. Oh, wow. This sounds like the first 30 minutes of a horror film. Right? And it just seems like this energy is like literally feeding on the fear of this whole family. Absolutely. This is a, a prime example. Don't fucking use Ouija boards. It's not that fucking hard. <laughs> this is why. It's not fucking hard. I really don't understand. Like, there's so many bad stories. I mean, yeah, there's the one or two good ones. But, like, are you really going to chance your luck like that? Apparently. And clearly they didn't close the, the Ouija board session because they clearly don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So I just oh, hate those stories. They're so frustrating. Like, every... Every Ouija board story is never good. And we've all heard at least one Ouija board story in our life. Yeah. All of us have. I don't care if you're into the paranormal or not. Just don't use Everyone's Ouija boards. Everyone's got a Ouija board story or have, that they've heard. Or they know someone that has one. Yeah. All right, Lily. What's your last story for today? All right. My last story is called, I Believe I Met My Spirit Daughter Before We Conceived. Huh. We were trying to get pregnant since January 2019. In July 2019, I saw what I believe was my future teenage daughter in my house in the middle of the night. I was in the kitchen eating blueberries, and when I walked out, she was standing in our storage room looking through all our art supplies. The room, to me, was still a junk room at the time, and I had visions of what I wanted it to be before, we got, before our baby got here. I told her, this isn't your house. You need to leave, and I pointed at the door. She walked out, and as I was closing the door, we made eye contact for a few moments. A couple days later, I took a pregnancy test, and I got a faint positive, but it didn't last long, and I started my period a few days late. 
The eeriest part of the story is I had a miscarriage in March 2019 that involved a DNC. I don't know what that means. I was upset and told God, my spirits, the universe, whatever you want to call it. Why, why give me a baby, then take it away? If a soul wants to choose us to be the parents, then come check us out be- beforehand. <laughs> don't, let me, uh, don't let me get pregnant, then change your mind, because I can't go through that pain again. I think when the girl visited over the summer, it was my future child, quote, checking us out mm-hmm. since, since that's what I specifically asked for. Maybe we weren't the right match or maybe it wasn't the right time. Maybe subconsciously I wanted our house to be ready first. I am pregnant again and maybe the same soul will be this baby or maybe a different one. I believe what that summer night I met, what I met that summer night uh, would, have, would have been my future child. Hmm. That is equal parts sad and sweet. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful concept and like what she's believing happened, of like you know, different you know different spirits like checking you out like huh, like could this be my potential parents? Like you never know like how, like souls are kind of like matched with different people. Yeah. So I think I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it, and I mean like like any sort of you know, miscarriage or, you know, any death of any newborn child, fetus, whatever, like, is always depressing. And there's never the right thing to say about it. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that's beautiful. And I do think, you know, like the rainbow babies, the babies that, you know, have passed away. I do think mm-hmm. that their spirit carries on in the next child that you have. Like, there's always, like, a little part of them that's with the next child that's, you know, born and alive and healthy and well. I agree. Okay. My last story is short but creepy. My great-grandfather met the devil in the forest. Ooh. I am from Eastern Europe. I didn't know my ex was in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. I am from Eastern Europe. I will tell you a story that my grandparents and mother used to talk about. My great-grandfather went to the forest to pick up some wood. (laughs) Lily's ex. Okay, goodbye. I'm still thinking about that. He went there during night since it was illegal to take wood from the forest. By chance, he met there another man in the village who was doing the same thing. They agreed to stick together. A little time passed when they saw a small billy goat. Its fur was black. My great-grandfather assumed that someone had lost it. They decided to take the billy goat with them in order to share its meat later. Aww. They put, oh my God. they put the billy goat in a sack, and then weird stuff started to happen. The sack became heavier and heavier, and they exchanged it often between them. At some point, the billy goat was so agitated that my great-grandfather said, Take it easy, billy goat. The paranormal thing is that the goat repeated the same exact words in a weird voice. <laughs> my great-grandfather had a gun and shot the sack twice. It was, there was nothing but thin air. They were convinced it was the devil since they had in mind to steal wood. He had many other paranormal stories. Let me know if you want to hear them. Wow. What? Okay, so, like, there's, like, possible theories. Like, it could be a skinwalker, you know, takes the shape of different things. Could be the devil. But, like, what type of, like, imagine if you think you have a billy goat, and all of a sudden you're like, take it easy, billy goat, and then it's like, take it easy, billy goat. (laughs) (laughs) I would just take the car and swerve right off the road goodbye i am not dealing with this shit for eternity nope so yeah that is someone's great-grandfather meeting the devil in the forest so i think today's lesson 
is don't use Ouija boards and don't try to Stay steal out wood. Of the forest at night. Yeah. yeah, don't steal wood. All right, Lily. What what are your final remarks for this episode? Um, nothing good happens in the forest after dark. Nothing. Never. Never. There's no, again. That's like a Ouija board story. Nothing ever happens good in the forest by yourself in the dark or exactly. with some random man. All right. So thank you so much, Boo Things, for listening to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 56. We are now going to tell you all our social media so you can follow us. So wink, wink, follow us as soon as you hear all the social media. Okay. Follow us on Instagram at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at JustGhoulyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening on Apple Podcast, I'm going to repeat this every freaking episode. <laughs> Rate us five stars. Review us. Tell us how awesome we are. Tell all of your friends how awesome we are and how addicting it is to listen to us every single day. <laughs> and if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, no big deal. Screenshot this episode or your favorite episode of Just Ghouly Things. Post it all over. Text it. You know, do what you got to do because every promotion counts and we appreciate it so, so much. It costs zero dollars to promote us. Zero. Zero. Yep. So thank you so much again. And we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.